Hey, welcome back, everybody. Back to the podcast, the Sheriff's Office podcast. So I have some special guests today. We are here to talk about everything domestic violence as it relates to the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office and our approach and what I think are improvements in the area of domestic violence investigations. But first, we'll do some introductions so people know who you are. Feel free to use your business name and all that because it's all (laughs) official now. So we're good. So go ahead, Tiffany, get us started. My name is Tiffany Cruzy, and I am one of the domestic violence coordinators for the Snohomish County Sheriff's Department uh, through my company, which is now has a contract with the Sheriff's Department. So we're super excited to be here. That has a ring to it. It does. Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay, Dee. <laughs> nice. Uh, my name is Dee Reynolds, and I am actually a domestic violence coordinator currently located at the South Precinct. So we're really excited to be there to start serving the community. Cool. Um, and we'll explain what a coordinator is. Just hang in there. We're going to talk about everything. It's it's actually really cool. So uh, I got to give the backstory. So we're all about you guys today, but I kind of got to set it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm excited about this part, actually. So 2022 rolls around. We had the opportunity to meet actually well before that. I just At the time we first met, I couldn't pull a whole lot up. We just had too much going on. Pandemic, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we re- we got back in contact about a year later, I think it was. It was quite some time. I remembered the binders that you gave me with your services, and I put them in a specific place so I wouldn't forget. I had to get out those binders, uh, remind myself. I remembered the service that you wanted to provide, and then so I got your contact information, and then it kind of went from there. And, and just so the community knows, this is two years in the making, sitting here today. So two years in the making. And so... I always felt at the sheriff's office, I kind of come from the rank and file. I worked patrol my almost my entire time here. And uh, I always thought that we did a good job of keeping people safe, uh, domestic violence cases and things like that. We, If we need to make an arrest, we'll always be good at that. We'll do that. If we need to separate people, you know, to the extent that we're able to legally, then yeah, we, we're going to do all of that, right? Where I thought we could improve our investigations was kind of, I call it the follow-up, right? The aftermath of a domestic violence incident. And and because, you know, you're there and usually what we always say is someone's worst day. And then you throw in a domestic violence and then the cops are showing up and then a criminal case. It's automatically overwhelming to a domestic violence victim. But they, they deserve our ongoing attention. Um, we're the ones who will uh, either initiate or complete an investigation but man if they call back a few days later to say hey this happened or that happened or to document some injuries we always respond we're going to continue to respond but you might get you if you've handled 100 calls since that a few days later you might get the same deputy you probably won't get the same deputy Mm -hmm. and and after talking to you you said adam this is what we do we do this all day long, every day. At the time, you worked for four uh, city agencies in Snohomish County. Um, I did do my homework on you and your services. <laughs> I called every one of those four police chiefs. And this is not for the camera. This is not for the podcast. This is not just to praise you because you're sitting in front of me today. But I, I truly mean this. Those four police chiefs, the feedback they gave me is the most positive feedback I've ever received on anything since I've been here as the elected sheriff in Snohomish County about a service we can provide. So as soon as I talk to them, um, and they're real people, like if they're like, Adam, you might want to think about, you know, it wasn't like that. It was the most positive feedback I've ever received. And so I knew we were probably onto something. I knew we could improve, um, but this is where it slowed down a little bit changing and Snohomish County government can take some time. And that includes me. I think that's not, I'm not slamming anybody in County government. That includes government is slow sometimes, especially for, uh, this is a monumental change for us. This changed the way we do business. So we went to work in 2000, 
2022 and through our budget process, which goes on for a very long time. I won't bore people with that. And I had to go, we, we were told, no, that's just, that's my issue to deal with. Don't ask for anything, Adam. There's no additional money. Don't ask for people. We didn't take that as a final answer. I went and lobbied to the five ind individual council members when the timing was appropriate, when they had the budget and, uh, and other people do that too. That's very common. Um, and, uh, and, and, Sometimes you see success with that. Sometimes, most actually, most of the time you don't. It, but you got to go advocate. <laughs> yeah. You got to go. And so, long story short, uh, we did. I made the case for bringing your service to the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office. And uh, um, surprisingly, this rarely happens, and I can say that after being told clearly, being told no, we received a five to nothing vote at the Snohomish County Council, which is divided. It's two Republicans and three Democrats. We're not here to get political or anything like that. That's just reality. Okay, they don't agree on everything, and that's okay. That's our system of government. That's good with me. Rare to get a five-to-nothing vote. But uh, we did a good enough job making the case for bringing the service here. We actually got funding for it. We actually got funding for it. And, again, I can't tell that, uh, stress this enough. Um, very difficult to do in this day and age. Um, but I, and I got to thank the council and we ended up getting full support from the Sonomish County executive's offices too. I want to include them. This would not have happened without their support. And that's, I mean that literally it would not have happened. We have to have funding for this type of thing. Okay. That was long winded, but we pulled it off. <laughs> we did it. And so 2022, we get the final vote. We're jumping up and down and then government happens yeah, <laughs> and labor happens. And I'm a labor guy. I'm good with labor, but there's stuff that we had to work through. Is that a kind way of putting it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We had to work through some stuff and it took what's seven months to get it all figured out. I'm happy to report back. You got, it's official. You guys started about 48 hours ago. Is that right? Two days ago? Well, we started Monday. On Monday. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Monday. And it's now Thursday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a few days ago. Yep. We'll say a few days ago. Um, you guys are actually here. There's human beings. You're one of them <laughs> that's working for the Snohomish County yep. Sheriff's Office through your business. Yes. And uh, we brought this service to improve our domestic violence investigations. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Man, I usually don't talk that long. I'm sorry, but I, I truly love what you guys are doing. And we are going to have a real-life example that we'll get to in a little bit here um, that we have already seen in the first week. So that's all. It's like it's really cool to talk about this stuff. And I think I really think from the day I met you that we're onto something. But to see it come to fruition, like the first week that you guys are here, yeah. that's, that's legit. That is cool. So, Tiffany... Tell us a little bit, though. I've kind of get. I hope I gave the kind of the broader picture. Tell us what what do you guys do? So we are domestic violence coordinators. We work as integrated law enforcement services that provide services to those who are impacted by harm related to domestic violence. So that doesn't just mean criminal cases. So we are also working with individuals who are involved in cases where there are verbal arguments and law enforcement goes out, they respond, they make a report. We proactively are reaching out to provide services to the parties to let them know, hey, there's things out there. Maybe we can help walk you through this process. We can talk about things that are available for your family, such as we read the report and saw that you have some needs because you guys are having some financial troubles. Here's some 
information on local resources that can help you guys as you're walking through this process. So we have a lot of capability to engage with individuals who have had law enforcement intervention. We're different than advocates. We're coordinators, so what we do is we adhere to the same mandatory reporting policies that law enforcement does. So though advocates are mandatory reporters of child abuse and neglect, we are mandatory reporters of all crimes. So when individuals come and give us information on crimes, we document it. We write it down. But we also share with those who are impacted by harm um, in, as part of a domestic violence-related incident. We let them know, if you would like to talk to somebody confidentially, we'll give you that information. But mm. let's talk about your criminal case. We have access to information about what the process and procedure is with a law enforcement response to domestic violence, what that looks like, what next steps are likely to happen in an investigation. And that's not necessarily something that an individual would get from um, from an agency that does not have a domestic violence coordinator. So we do some of the similar functions to that of community-based advocates, except we are mandatory reporters and we have the training, the experience of working with law enforcement and access to law enforcement um, databases. So we had to work through the whole advocate thing versus uh, what, you, what, what you guys do, coordinators, right? And, yep. and I've got a pretty good grasp on it, I think, because we've been doing this for two years now trying to do this. Um, but explain to someone out there uh, what, what has been and their response, the advocates' response, because we had to sit down with them. Because Snohomish County employs DV advocates, which is a good thing. We all we want this very much so. Um, but we had to work through that a little. So, what is their response when they hear that what the sheriff is bringing in? DV coordinators? Is it good? Is it bad? Or? It's been great. Okay. So we actually have had relationships with the Snohomish County prosecuting attorneys advocates. So they work in the prosecutor's office. And when a criminal case comes to the prosecutor's office and starts through the criminal justice process, the advocates are there to give updates to victims, to let them know what's going on with the criminal case, to help their voices be heard in the criminal justice process. They are absolutely essential to the criminal justice process at the prosecutor's office. We, as coordinators, kind of serve as that intermediary between the time that a criminal case gets filed and when a deputy goes out and takes a deputy goes out and takes that case and a criminal case gets filed there can be quite some time in multi multiple jurisdictions that we've worked in we have great relationships with those advocates we often are providing them with information that they may not necessarily have at a probable cause hearing or at an arraignment hearing and so they're excited they were excited for us to engage with them because it helps give that warm handoff of somebody from the sheriff's office or from other agencies agencies where we work to the prosecutor's office so we can say, you know, I've worked with that advocate in the past. They're fantastic. And they're going to really help you along the way. So it's caring for those most vulnerable in our community from beginning to end. And that's what's important. And I, I would describe, that's very good. But let me, I would just, in my words, I'd say the domestic violence is emotional enough for everybody involved. Yes. And then, like I said, you throw the cops in in a criminal case. And then and then you expect a domestic violence victim to, to have to navigate our, our criminal justice system, which is incredibly complex to do. Um, and it, that was where I felt kind of we were falling down, not falling down. We just, that wasn't, we weren't good at it. We just weren't. 
And you guys are able to come in and spend some additional time, resources, I would say compassion in this area where cops are on the street going to call after call after call. Sometimes that's difficult to find that time to be able to do that. Can you talk, either one of you talk about that just a little bit? So kind of like the, uh, the, what kind of things do you do to help DV victims through that process, the criminal justice world? I think, and I'll talk a little bit about this and then I'm going to hand some off to Dee, but one of the things that I think is important is that we have firsthand experience walking through the criminal justice process. And you can have a case, two cases that on the surface look very, very similar that go to court and have completely different outcomes, have completely different processes. And sometimes it's hard for people to understand, well, why is this case taking so long? Or why is it taking so long for it to get to the point where somebody is seeing it? And we have the ability to walk through and say, this, the, 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 the way the criminal justice system moves, the wheels of justice are slow. Yeah. They're slow and steady. And so some of the information that we can provide can help alleviate some of the anxiety of what's taking time for a case to be processed. Um, but we also can talk about things that are um, that are indicative of the criminal justice process that are very different from a civil case. Um, and so we do have an understanding of that. And I think, I think that's really important for people to have an understanding of just because we see everything on TV. Yeah. Everything, mm -hmm. the knowledge that we have comes from our experience watching television, yeah. what happens on Law and & Order. And we can button up a case in an hour from investigation to conviction. Yep. And so we have the ability to walk through this and say, well, that's not really how it works. Um, and then we get to learn more about the families. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because then you can address the, fam the needs that they have as a family. I definitely think that really helping them understand the process, allowing them to re-put their expectations into a much more realistic position is really helpful in reducing a lot of the stressors that they are experiencing because they're just not sure what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, it's been something that I think is really helpful to them. And then we're able to address, like Tiffany is saying, a lot of the other um, underlying issues that maybe a family is experiencing. Again, our whole goal is always to try to reduce some of the stressors that are that are, they're dealing with. So then this whole criminal case can almost become something to the side for them and they can focus on what's most important, their family. And I remember you telling me a story about a, a young kid that you had kind of mentored because the mom was going through some stuff. I don't even know if you remember or not, but that just stuck with me after you said, you both said that we get to know the families and stuff. Mm -hmm. That is, that's something that just a deputy sheriff typically doesn't do. And, mm -hmm. and, but you guys are able to bring that. And not only it's not, it, it, the domestic violence incident impacts the entire family structure. I, I keep saying victim, which is absolutely accurate and true, but there's kids involved, there's spouses mm -hmm. involved, all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And those families are able to develop more of a relationship with you guys. Fair? Yes. And I would say one of the things we do see families, some families over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we may not have families that have, that are real happy about law enforcement showing up at their house and maybe not real happy about what's happening in their life, but they have somebody that they can talk to that says, you're not alone. And we may not agree on what the safety concerns are, because I'm going to always share what my safety concerns are for you and your family first. Okay. 
that is what my focus is, is on safety. And for you and your family to to have an understanding, that's what we want. We want safe families in our community. We want families to feel like they can thrive and that, that really having coordinators that can talk about services, not only for the victims, but, but ask the victims, what is going to help your family? To me, that is a crime prevention piece that assists with law enforcement agencies across the region building community and building relationships. So if something bad happens, they can call and go, hey, I've got a weird question. I'm not sure who else to ask. And they have a single point of contact at the police department or at the sheriff's office that they can lean on to ask those questions rather than calling 911 and having a deputy respond. Yeah, yeah. All right, I wanna talk about what happened this week. Um, We're gonna get into that a little bit. Um, I think it's, it's, the timing is, is fantastic. Is that we, you guys have only been there since Monday, and yeah. it's now Thursday. It's and now I Thursday. got this yesterday afternoon. So I'm, I don't usually read on this stuff because it, it's boring to people. But <laughs> I got to read this just to kind of set the stage a little bit. So, okay. so I, I, someone emailed me, which is not typical. You know, we're a paramilitary chain of command. You talk to your boss, right? And then, mm-hmm. uh, But every now and then, someone feels comfortable enough to email me, and I'm good with that type of stuff. So basically, I got an email from someone who used to work for me on, on the road and said, hey, these DV coordinators things, uh, you might want to know this, boss, was kind of the, ten, the, the tone of this email. Uh, this kind of just happened. And I'm really glad he sent me, or I would not have known. There's just I don't hear everything up here. Uh, I'm going to just... Uh, I'll just read a couple sentences from this. Earlier this week, I learned that we have additional uh, domestic violence resources that will be available to us from the South Precinct. We have two DV coordinators at the precinct, and I asked if they would be able to help this female in this case. Their assistance was incredibly helpful and valuable. They were able to help the female in ways that we rarely can, just exactly what we talked about. And they spent hours with the female discussing her situation and even booked a hotel for her to live in. The female was very overwhelmed. We also just got done talking about that. When she came in and received an enormous amount of compassion, assistance, and resources. That's the first week of you guys being here, Bridge Coordination Services, partnership with the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office, and you are already helping a DV victim. And, and look, I'm not saying if, if she would have came in and you guys wouldn't have been there, yeah, we're going to help her to the extent that we are able to. But this is, as this deputy outlined in this email, far and above what we were able to do prior to you guys come in. D, I know you kind of handled that thing, and yes. you weren't going to be on this podcast initially. I know, I get it. But uh, just tell us a little bit about that. So, as, as we said, we just walked in Monday. This is, this is Tuesday when this is all occurring, and we're still onboarding. We're still ramping yeah. up. I, I don't even have an email address yet. Like, I'm still <laughs> getting a computer. I am I'm on bare bones right now. So, we've been spending our time really trying to develop relationships and get to know everybody at the South Precinct. So, I overheard a conversation going on in relation to a woman who had walked into the lobby looking for assistance. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just walked myself in there and just said, hey, (laughs) just remember we're here and if there's anything we can do. And the deputy was like, okay, well, let me me go see what's going on. And and I was like, okay, great, see you later. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, the deputy came back a little while later and said, hey, um, are you able to come out and maybe help with this woman? I think this could be something that's up your alley. And I was like, absolutely, mm-hmm. Let, let's go. And she's like, well, we have her in this room, and I just want you to know that she is really, really emotional. Mm-hmm. I was like, great, I love those. 
right in my wheelhouse. Okay. And it was really nice to be able to go in and sit with her and talk with her and get a sense of the, some of the things that she was dealing with. Meanwhile, that allowed the deputy to go start working on some paperwork and some mm -hmm. other administrative pieces that needed to be to be handled at that moment. Um, long story short, we ended up addressing her needs really, really well. We had a lot of deputies out there addressing the concerns that she had. Um, and while that was going on and they could focus on that, my partner and I were there worrying about her emotional needs mm -hmm. and her where she was in her mental state and supporting her through a very, very stressful, stressful, and she was quite scared. So it was really nice to be able to give her all of that support, validate her feelings, let her know that peop that her concerns were absolutely something that needed to be lo looked into and addressed. And we were so grateful that she had made such a great choice to come in and look for help. So it was a really rewarding moment. And I was really impressed with the quality of the work that I saw from these deputies. These are people I don't know. I've never seen them. I haven't had that exposure to them yet. They were extraordinarily thorough. They were so warm and kind and compassionate to this woman who was very distraught. And I was just, um, it was a very heartfelt moment for me to see that response. I was very glad and I, I have such a really optimistic and positive outlook on what I'm about to jump into working with everybody over at South Precinct. Yeah, I do too. I wish they could, I wish I could say there was a shortage of work in this area, but I think we all know that's probably not going to be the case anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but I am so thankful for what you guys did for this, this domestic violence victim yesterday. Yeah. And as of right now, she is, uh, on, on the way to safety Okay, and is, uh, becoming re-empowered with making great decisions for herself and her future. And it was, it's, it's a great story. It's a, it's a great thing to be a part of and to introduce the deputies into some of the things that we can do to help them out so that they can focus on what they do best, which allows us to focus on what we do best. That's really good. Would you uh, use your own words, life-changing uh, when she walked into the, the precinct for her? Yes. Okay. Yes. I have been in contact with her uh, since she left and um, the communication and the and the the tone in her voice and the optimism in the fact that she is going towards a whole different direction and is getting her life back in a place that she is happy and comfortable and feels safe and it's it's really a beautiful moment and it, these are the moments that when this job gets tough yeah. I can reflect back on yep. and it, it kind of refills your bucket and keeps you going. Totally. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tiffany, wh where else do you see? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So I apologize. Okay. Uh -huh. um, so we have two domestic violence coordinators as of today. We do. As that, okay. We do. So we're a county of 850,000 or so people. Um, South County is 320,000 just in our jurisdiction alone. If we were to incorporate into a city overnight, that means that jurisdiction would be the third largest city in the state of Washington. Um, my point is we have, to, we have to provide police services to a lot of people. We don't just have the resources to do it. I think this is gonna help tremendously. Where do you see this going in the future? Oh, and gosh. I know it's early. We're just talking about starting this <laughs> yeah. week, but after two day days, yeah. I know, day I know. Four, we're ready. Hey, that's how my brain works, though. Sorry. <laughs> I, I actually see. So in in most of the agencies where we've worked, um, historically, once they see the services that are provided, they want more services because. Okay. 
as you said, unfortunately, there's not a shortage of those who are impacted by harm. Mm -hmm. And looking at, if we're just looking at the the large piece of South Snohomish County, um, even as we're looking forward to the future, I don't think two are going to cut it. Yeah. I think as we move forward towards looking at moving towards the North Precinct or moving as an investigative um, support system to your SIU unit, that would it, that would require for us to have more individuals that could be embedded within the Sheriff's Department. Um, and then we've got contract cities. Yeah. And so looking at the numbers with contract cities alone, those are things that the contract cities can look at getting individuals involved in those those police departments, your contract cities to have them there to serve those communities specifically. Um, and the other side of this is we're not just dealing with deputies down at the South Precinct because they may rotate and cover overtime shifts. Yeah. There's a shortage of deputies. So we've got deputies that are working all over the place. So all of the deputies at the sheriff's department will have access to us with the trainings that we do and the information that we provide. And I think once word gets around to the deputies and they see what we can do, they're going to want to push for more as well. Yep. Yeah. All right. You just mentioned training. That's where I was going next. Yes. And then I got to yeah. start thinking about about wrapping up, but I, I have to talk about the training part. It's actually something even at, at my level, I deal with all of the time. All of, there's been a push in the last four years. I'll just say people want trained cops in the state of Washington. Yes. Rightfully so. Yes. I, absolutely. Right. But then you run into logistics, right? You have to pay people overtime to come in and train for the most part. And that's on me to figure out. I'll always figure that out. But more and more training is being pushed on us all of the time. Um, you mentioned training. So what, what does that mean? Do you offer domestic violence training as well? If I ask you six months from now, we need a training on DV investigations. How can we do better? And you'd have six months under your belt at that time here. There's going to be things we can improve upon. Is that something that your services would provide us? Yes, we provide it in all of the jurisdictions that we currently work as well. Um, we provided a huge training in Snohomish County last year on trauma-informed care trauma-informed responses, trauma-informed organizations. We talked about self-care resiliency. We talked about adverse childhood experiences. So we have a breadth of knowledge that of trauma and how it impacts those who have been harmed. Um, but also, we, we read your police reports. Yeah. And so when we read the police reports and we find things that are consistent in what, gosh, this is something that would give us more information, would be helpful, um, we address those issues. We also talk to our prosecutors. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that I pride myself on is asking the prosecutors, what do you guys need? And how can we, as a support service to law enforcement, help you garner that information? Um, and having those transparent conversations with the prosecuting attorney's office and saying, what is it that is missing from your reports? Yeah. What is it that would help you have a depth of understanding of the dynamics of domestic violence between these parties? And sometimes the officers and the deputies are able to get that on scene Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Sometimes it takes having just another push beyond where we can add a supplemental supplemental information that helps kind of wrap everything up together and give everyone a better understanding of the dynamics that are happening in the household. That's why I wanted to mention training. I, th I think what you just said is so is so critical. We've never had that before. Where because you know police reports get reviewed. Yes, they absolutely do. Mm -hmm. yep. But we don't have one funnel for domestic violence reports. It's up to the individual sergeants, supervisors that in, uh, uh, 
review the reports on that patrol crew. And then you're talking human beings. We all have different mm -hmm. standards and, you know, some stuff gets missed when that happens. That's just, that's human being stuff. But you guys in the area of domestic violence now, you're going to be able to catch on to themes if we need to improve. And it's not adversarial. That's what I love about it. Sometimes you get called in the sergeant's office. You're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Tough conversation about to take place, right? But that's not like the context that you bring to this. It's just to improve. Right. And for me, what it is, is how can we best support our community? Yeah. And so what are the be best practices in reporting to best support our community? Um, I know that for me as a coordinator, when I get information in a police report that says I spoke with the I spoke with the victim in reference to this incident and they shared there's substance abuse issues within the home. Mm. There's mental health issues within the home. Those are huge indicators for me to say, you know what? I've got some resources for you that we can provide about um, Al-Anon for your family. So you can go and figure out how you can deal with, you can work with your family member who has a substance use issue and you can best support your own heart. Yeah. You There's mental health issues. Let's talk about NAMI. There's a ton of resources for families through the National Institute of Mental Illness that we can talk about getting you involved in support groups. So if the deputies and the officers know that and they know what we are looking for and we're hoping for that helps our jobs become easier, they write it down. Very rarely have I ever had an officer push back and go, nope. Yeah. They usually are like, really, that's helpful? Great, I'll get it next time. So we're really excited. That's cool. And based on the conversation that Dee and I had on Tuesday following the incident that yeah. happened at the South Precinct, I'm super excited yeah. about what is ahead for us down at the South Precinct. Just your guys' cooperation and your work that day with our deputy sheriffs that are out there, that will spread like wildfire. That that will. We just, we've never had this before. So... It's new, but man, I'm so excited, so excited for what you guys are bringing to the sheriff's office and like you just to our community. It's not just the sheriff's office. It's yeah. all about our community. All right. Anything else you guys want to add? Uh, anything yes. at all? Yes. Go for it. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Very good. And I think it's really important for us to understand that those in our community who are impacted by domestic violence and impacted by harm, it can be a struggle. So those of you that are out there, if you are the victim of domestic violence, if you have a family member or a friend who is the victim of domestic violence, we have our National Domestic Violence Hotline that you can look at online. It's got tons of information and resources about what to do as somebody who is serving as a familial or a friend as a friendship advocate to somebody who's experiencing it. We have our own domestic violence resources here in Snohomish County, our community-based advocates that provide that confidential information to victims. And that's Domestic Violence Services of Snohomish County mm -hmm. that can help. And if you're a family member of somebody who has been harmed, you can also reach out to Victim Support Services. They are a general crime victims organization, but they are huge and they provide a huge impact to those who have been harmed outside of domestic violence in our county as well so i just wanted to put that out there please we want to hear how you're doing yeah. and if you have something to say we want to listen that's fantastic i don't know i can't add anything to that can you you can <laughs> no, if you want no, no are we good no, i don't know how you top that Sorry. yeah that was really good all right thank you guys so much for coming in d and tiffany thank you for what you're bringing to the sheriff's office in our community we're very appreciative and i'm so glad we finally have boots on the ground. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Yep.